Hi, I'm Ben Diskin. I'm known for uh, number one and number two on Codename Kids Next Door, uh, Haida and Negretzko, Bond from Seven Deadly Sins, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And this is the VoiceOver Champions podcast. Whoa, that was so professional. You should do this for a living. Well, thanks, Josh. <laughs> Good job. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's got the sound there's an, there's an audience here in my home. Change into VoiceOver Champions. To save the voiceover world. Hello, everybody. This is VoiceOver Champions, a show about voice acting by voice actors, for voice actors, and fans of voice actors. I'm your host, Joshua Seth. Today on the show, my guest is Ben Diskin, and I... I met him at a convention recently. He is so funny. First of all, he's an Emmy Award-winning voice actor, and he doesn't like talking about it. So, of course, I talked to him about that. Also, he's the voice of Agumon in the new Digimon Adventure 2020 dub. I wanted to talk with him about that, and he gets into how he went from growing up as a fan of the show to being the voice of Agumon today. He's a really nice guy, super funny. Hey, there's a reason this is the longest episode that I have released of this show. Because he is funny, and I think we're pretty funny together. You be the judge. Anywho, I've got some tour updates and voice acting workshop announcements for you. I've been at a Comic-Con every weekend for, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight or nine weekends here. Last weekend... At the Ocean City Comic Con in Maryland was fantastic. Got to hang out with my old buddy Johnny Young Bosch, who most people know as the second Black Power Ranger. But he actually also co-starred with me in most of the anime that I am known for. We both co-starred in Akira. He was Kaneda and I was Tetsuo. He came in to voice TK in Digimon during the Digimon Tri movies. Of course, he was Vash in Trigun where I played Young Knives, and I could go on and on and on. So it was really good to reconnect with him, and I look forward to the two of us doing some Comic-Cons together in the near future. This weekend, I'm going to be appearing at the Hero Comic-Con in Fort Myers, Florida, and then I'm taking a week off, and I will be running my voice acting workshop where you can get coaching from me with a small group of just 10 people for three hours on Zoom. That'll be on Saturday, May 13th, and you can register for that by going to voiceoverchampions.com or clicking the link in the show notes in your podcasting app. Alrighty then. So now let's go to my talk with Emmy Award-winning voice actor Ben Diskin. Do you prefer Ben yes. or Benjamin? I prefer, I prefer Benjamin. I prefer Ben. Benjamin, that's that's the, my, my mother is pissed at me and I've done something terrible. So oh, like, oh, like, that's oh, what when she said. Okay. And what does that sound yes. like? Benjamin Isaac Diskin. Like, oh, Isaac. Oh, you get the middle name too. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's when I really screwed up. Uh, yes. Haven't had that in a while. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I prefer Ben, please. Thank you. Okay, so you changed it to take ownership of your life and say, Mom, I'm an adult now. I can call myself whatever I want. I'm Ben. I'm a big kid now. <laughs> I'm a big kid. Yes. You'll always be my little Benjamin. <clears throat> yes. This is your moment to shine, Ben. This is your moment to talk about everyone's favorite subject of themselves. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Can we, so, can we can we talk about anything else? I this just, is the point like, of the no. whole show here. Is okay. So we met at a con recently. Which do you know what con that was? They're all blurring together. That was together. WeebCon. That yes. was WeebCon. Yes, you were signing like right across the row from me. Yeah. Do, do you do a lot of those conventions? Uh, you know that's that's the first one I've done in uh, a little over a year. So uh, kind of how did how did you like it? I I liked it. That was a, uh, that was insane. That that's the the wildest con I've been to in a very long time. They've changed a lot. See, this is yeah. why I I had stopped doing them for years. I would only do them in international locations. Like I've done the one in Australia, New Zealand, those a couple of sure. times. Right before the pandemic, I did one in Edinburgh, Scotland, which was amazing. 
Uh, I always wanted to go there for the Fringe Festival as a performer, but you know, doing a actually it was an Akira themed convention that was really pretty cool. But oh, I never nice. did the domestic circuit. But now post pandemic, I think all these people have just been binge watching stuff that we voiced over the years, and you know, want to come make it real and hang out with that community. And they've just blown up, gotten huge. I'm I'm on 34 conventions so far this year. Holy cow. I know, I know. Well, I oh, tend to overdo I, things. I couldn't do that. Yeah, wow. That yeah, that's a lot. I'm like, <laughs> the, the more travel power to is, you can do that. <laughs> the travel is starting to uh, wear me down a little bit. But I've been on tour for years. I'm I'm kind of used to that. That's the double edged yeah. sword. Is like you get to fly around and you know pretend you're a rock star for a couple of days on the weekend and make a pile of money and see a bunch of fans and you know feel good about what you did and put out in the world. Uh, but then, uh, for those of us that are not spring chickens anymore. You do get to start to feel a little bit of fatigue by the time you come back home. Where is home for you? Are you in L.A.? Uh, yeah, I'm in L.A. Did you grow up there? Yeah, yeah. I'm like one of the few uh, born and raised just locals who uh, actually does this stuff. Not a transplant. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. Let's uh, well, let's just talk about how you got started then. I mean, is this yeah. something you wanted to do as a kid? Um, I... I've been doing voiceover since I was a little kid. Um, but how did that I think occur? Was... How, how how did that transpire? How how oh. was that opportunity even available to you? Yeah, my my parents are both actors. So when I was a little kid, you know, they I, I was very fortunate I didn't have stage parents. You know, they mm -hmm. were like, Oh, we know this industry. It's mm -hmm. a nightmare. Good mm -hmm. luck making a living. But mm -hmm. if you could make a little teeny tiny bit of money, we'll put it away into a a bank account and that's gonna right. pay for college, and right. then you can Smart. get a real job. Yeah. Yeah. And um the uh the job that really should not have been able to sustain me wound up sustaining me. And that's um, fantastic. That's, that's yeah, yeah, living the dream. Yeah. That's right. Are they proud of you? Do they love you? Do they resent your well, success? Do they feel it's... like you are the new and improved version of the commingling of them? How's that working uh, out? let's see. They uh they are proud of me. Um, but I think they also don't fully understand what I do, even though they're the ones who put me into the industry to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I'll tell them like, oh yeah, I'm on Netflix shows. And they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't have Netflix. We don't, I, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure right. they're very good, Tony. I'm yes. proud of you. What, what's like... a podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, they, uh, they're, they're happy. Uh, they're happy for me. And they, um, uh, the, the, the one, the one thing that I, I will forever lord over my mother is that she was she was one of those parents in the the eighties who said video games are going to rot your brain. Right? No, you can't and have a Nintendo. It's going to ruin now, everything. Yeah. Now I'm in video games. That's now it pays right, the bills, baby. mom. Yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> so take that education. <laughs> You're done tootin'. Yeah, uh, that's the <laughs> that's every kid's dream, right? Is that uh, they can right. spend all their time playing video games and make a gameful employment out of that. And there are some voice actors that are really doing that. I was talking with uh, Zach Aguilar. We were having lunch at the, one of these cons recently, and he's like, oh, yeah, I have a whole nother business streaming video games, playing video that's games on YouTube. He's got something like a half a million subscribers and is monetizing. Yeah. It's like a business for him. So It is, yeah. No, so, it's, a whole, uh, it's a whole side bracket. So for all you kids out there uh, playing your video games and streaming on the Twitch, you know, just keep at it. Someday you Someday, can you know. pay the electric bill. With it, uh, maybe not water and gas, but you can keep the lights. <laughs> but at least off. the electric. That's, that's right. right. Maybe the Wi-Fi. Long enough though. to keep playing. Yeah, uh, I just don't feel like I'm getting a a good sense of your origin story here. So, oh, you, sure. What was your first gig? Your first voiceover gig? My how old do you think you might have been? Gig, I would have been about six. Um, I didn't know how to read, um, mm. and so as I was kindergarten and they uh my agents basically just said hey listen you're a little kid you have a voice um mm -hmm. here's some commercial copy we're just going to tell you what it says on the page and just repeat it back to us and i was like yeah okay and, you know mm -hmm. and um yeah i think it was probably the voice of i want to say linus in a peanuts adr session for mm -hmm. a commercial i believe mm -hmm. um and that's what i was doing as a kid and that was like my first little taste of it. And it was like really, really challenging because, you know, ADR is already difficult, but especially back then, which would have been the, uh, the eighties, um, we yeah. don't have this, we didn't have, Pro they didn't tools have beeps like we do now. Yeah. They, no beeps. It, it was when just I started like figured in out. the nineties, they didn't have beeps. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just chase the picture. Um, mm -hmm. and so nowadays, uh, it's a little bit easier and we have uh, good programs, but, um, oh, come yeah, on. It's a it was, lot easier. I was okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm doing these sessions remotely here, and I 
I must sound like a broken record because I, I, I just can't wrap my head around how much easier it is. Like, if you don't hit sync on a dubbed project, for instance, they're like, well, we'll just squeeze it. We'll just slide it back. Like, yeah. you, that didn't used to be the case. Like, you had to nail it, like, to the frame or, or redo it. And it's exactly. so fast. The editing is so fast now, mm -hmm. too. So you can get you just love feel technology a more, and more accomplishment, yeah. more sense of, like, you've, you've gotten a lot more done, in a sense. Yeah. Absolutely, Which, yeah. You know, it feels feels good. It feels like you made something at the end of the session yeah. instead of like you're just <laughs> grinding away a line at a time very slowly. Where they're like marking the tape with a grease pencil and placing it together. Oh my god! <laughs> On a Steenbeck oh, yeah. flatbed. As yeah, soon as you really bring out old. tape, I'm like, yeah. "Yep, no, I, I was there." <laughs> did oh, uh, Did you ever get any formal training? Uh, just my parents, just them, mm -hmm. uh, just coaching me on coaching um, how you. to do stuff. Yeah, my first, uh, my first like animated series. I was, uh, it was. Um, do you remember the Problem Child movies with John Ritter? Um, they yeah. were, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that there was of. an animated. I don't series think I saw them, but I'm that. aware of John Ritter and that he did those movies. Sure, it's about a guy who adopts a kid who's a problem child and causes mayhem. Uh, they made an animated series of that, mm. um, and uh, I played the voice of the problem child in that. That's a great gig. Uh, yeah, you yeah. learn on the job. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's sort of like oh, this is how this is this is done. This is there's mm -hmm. like a whole process behind you know the creation of all of these cartoons that I watch as a kid, and yeah. for me because I did on camera stuff as well, um, I took away from that. Wow, I can be an actor and work on all these projects, but nobody has to know who I am unless I tell them, because mm -hmm. they just see a cartoon character, and and I was the same way. It's the cartoon character exists and the cartoon character is a person there's no person behind the curtain you know what i mean and did you like but, that because most actors want yeah. the recognition for you know the ego stroke oh gosh no i hated that i mm. i made the horrible horrible mistake when i was a little kid of telling kids on the playground because i was a kid and i was excited and i was sure. stupid i said uh hey i'm in this movie with arnold schwarzenegger it's called kindergarten cop and oh i played God. one of the kids i think i in I the think classroom. I voiced in the loop group on that Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I get residuals for that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Loop so groups, that's a whole that. other thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was a better so, gig. Yeah. My mine was a fun gig, but but I I was stupid and I told all the kids on campus <laughs> or campus on the playground about that, and they started at first being really nice to me because mm -hmm. it was like, wow, oh, he's a celebrity, which mm -hmm. is you know nonsense. But then they realized I wasn't rich and famous and felt as though I had lied to them and then started treating me terribly. And I okay. went, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like being yeah. recognized, but yeah. I like acting. I want sure. to do that. And so that's what voiceover afforded me. And, and that's are you why still like that? Do you still, um, you still not like being recognized on the street or does it just not happen? It, do, it doesn't happen. Um, I, I like the sort of selective fame that voiceover yeah. now affords, which is, you go to a convention, people know who you are, they mm -hmm. appreciate you, you feel good, you get that little ego stroke, and then mm -hmm. you go home and nobody knows totally who the heck you agree. are. I totally agree. It's the best right? of both it's worlds. Nice. You're walking in both types of lives where you could just yeah. be a normal person and have a, you know, a, a real life, uh, however that balances out for you in a fulfilling way. But then, mm -hmm. yeah, you get to kind of live it up and, uh, and, yeah. and play celebrity you know, when you're at like a premiere or a convention. Sure, exactly. Yeah, it's nice. And then go right back to anonymous. Love it. What was your first uh, dubbing experience? Like, uh, when was oh, that? When did you get Yeah, into my, that? First, Anime, my first anime, that kind of thing. That was, uh, it was a show called Blood Plus, which was based on Blood the Last Vampire. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was for Studiopolis. Um, yep. That was the first time I ever really dubbed in a professional setting, like the, the thing when I was a little kid, uh, not including that. And um, I'd never really dubbed anything before, but the audition came in through my agency and I'd never seen an anime come in through my agency because most of them were non-union and mm -hmm. uh, because they paid so little. But uh, they nowadays they go, here's the thing, this stuff pays poorly, but if you book a big thing and you go to a convention, we represent you for the conventions. Oh, that's now, the deal. Suddenly, uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. And then how did that go? Again, you're learning on the job. You're getting thrown into the deep end. Obviously, you swam. You didn't sink because you're here yeah. today. And you mentioned at Studiopolis did that first dubbing gig. Uh, they were behind a lot of Digimon projects that I worked on. So I imagine that's how you got hooked up with. Was Digimon Fusion the first one you voiced? Yes. Yeah. So that same was studio. Um, yeah. Same studio. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
boy, uh, boy, I made some mistakes on Digimon Fusion. Let me tell you some stuff you that's tell. like you shouldn't you shouldn't do this, uh, mm-hmm. kids. If you're if you're trying to get into the business, do not do the following. So I uh, I was probably oh I want to say. 15 or 16 when the original Digimon series that you worked on was airing on Fox Kids. Okay. And um, so I, I I feel weird saying I grew up with that because I was a little bit too old. I was a little bit out of the-, the You're still a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, uh, I, for some reason, various things in that show just lodged into my brain as like, mm-hmm. this is how it's done. This is how it's supposed to be done. So when it came to the script for Fusion, I started giving notes to the producers about how things needed to be pronounced, uh, how things needed to work, things you should never do. Of course. And uh, uh, Did you yeah, feel so you knew like, that because you'd been watching the show already? Yep. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd seen all of Adventure, Zero Two, Tamers, yeah. the, all of them. So and I was just like, guys. How'd they take that from this snot-nosed kid? Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks at Studiopolis, they are... They are full of patience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're very patient people. They were very nice to me. And they were just sort of like, okay, Ben, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make the changes to the script. It's fine. Yes. But the one time where I went overboard, uh, okay. So I'll bet, wait a second, I'll bet you're right guy. though, because I know sometimes they'll do pickups because they like, oh, we didn't know how to pronounce the name Jedi, for instance. <sighs> that's a, that's a, well, yeah. Because, <laughs> that was uh, which I should, thing. for the listeners here, that's because different directors come in. It's not because Studiopolis is doing a bad job. It's because yeah. there are different directors working on different episodes or different scenes within an episode, depending on when and where you're actually recording. And they may not be as familiar with the show as a fan, which you were. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there's, uh, so, okay. In the original series, uh, Patamon uh, digivolves into an angelic, powerful character. You've probably said the name several times. How do you pronounce that name of that Angemon? character? Is that who we're talking so, about? Yes. Yeah. Angemon. So Angemon. Yes. <laughs> Angemon. There were three different pronunciations of that throughout okay. that show. There was Angemon, Angemon, and Angemon. So no, there's a character. Angemon. It's Angemon. Yeah. So there's a character in Fusion. So we're like, all right, his name is Slash Angemon. Mm-hmm. How do we say this? Is it Angemon, Angemon, Angemon? How do we say this? And I'm like, okay, give me some time. I got to go through the original series real quick yeah. and like look through this stuff. And you're doing and the research. I was doing the research. Apparently, and you might know this, there is a Digimon pronunciation Bible that exists, I guess, in yes. Japan. Yeah, yeah. And that's common for shows that there have, is like- Sure, a, for all these characters. A, like A legacy them, right? to them, yeah. Yeah. So apparently there is a typo for one of the characters' names. This is an angel character. It's based on Anjimon or Anjimon. And um, his blade, his wings are made out of blades. He has blades for hands, blades for feet, probably a blade for a face. It's written in there, not as slash Anjimon, you know, slashing with a blade, but slush Anjimon. Like, you oh, know, a, a slushy. Typo. Yeah. It's a typo. It's clearly a typo. There are playing cards that say slash Anjimon. And yeah. I'm like, hey guys, can we change that? And they're like, no, then we yeah. can't. It's in the Bible. You can't change it. Would you consider so yourself started, a nerd, you know, based on these insights? Would I? Yes. <laughs> just, just a smidge. Do you wear so that as I a started, badge of pride? <laughs> I don't at this point. No. <laughs> I, I started bothering the producer yeah. being like, can we please change this? Is there any way? And like, that was the line. That was crossing the line where I was like, I got in trouble for that one. I'm like, you yeah. know what? From now on, I'm just going to say, okay, and I'm not going to push back on any of this other for, stuff. I, I, so. will, I feel like I need to interject here for a lot of people listen to this that are fans of voice actors, but there are a lot that are aspiring voice actors. And if you're in the latter category, there is a way to do that that is acceptable, which is just to ask to do an alternate take so that they have mm. it. That's, that's, that's what I would recommend. Not to shut up if you know better, but just say, hey, could I, could I offer an alternate take with an alternate pronunciation just in case that ends up being useful later on? Then yeah. that way it's helpful, and you're not telling them how to do their job. That's the that is the the correct way to do it. Yes, I did <laughs> not do that. Nobody knows that. I didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Mister, I know better than you. I've been watching this since I was a kid. That's right. So yeah, yeah. they were very nice uh, uh, to to put up with uh, Know It All Ben. <laughs> now you've done a lot of original prelay animation as well as dubbing. Do you have a preference in terms of the way that you like to work? Um, I like aspects of both. Um, I like um, I like this sort of solo recording aspect of dubbing because I can kind of focus in on just what I need to do. Sometimes with original animation, it's a it's a group setting, and you're just sitting there on your phone 
for you know hours while other people are doing their lines in totally mm-hmm. unrelated scenes and you don't have anything to do so you're kind of like well i'm here all right at least you have um, a phone Wait, <laughs> i sound so i swear to god though but I, we used to just have scraps of newspaper lying around yeah, That's magazines all, yeah. yeah magazines and things that's all we had <laughs> there was no scrolling endlessly through social media there was no which is probably media. a good thing to be frank yeah. Well, yeah, you could get pulled out of the session if you're in your phone too much and forget that you're really there and then you're not in your performance mode anymore. But but yeah, I, I used to feel like I was literally bouncing off the padded walls because there's nothing to do while you're waiting mm-hmm. around. Yeah. So yeah, but, so for uh, that for that reason, that. dubbing moves a lot faster. Yeah. But, yeah. But there's something to be said about that creative process, you know, of right. like bouncing right off of other people. It's it's so nice yep. to have yeah, to have that the, the other people right in your ear and like you can see them, you can work directly across from them. It's you have an really, opportunity to improv and find new beats yeah. and jokes and tags. Kind of hard to kind of hard to throw in an improv with you know. Yeah, that you can't do when you're matching lip flaps. Sure. Exactly. I, again, I, I totally agree. <laughs> now, uh, on a business note, where have you actually made most of your income as a voice actor? Because a lot of times we get known for a certain role in say an anime series or something, mm-hmm. but that's not actually how we're making our living. I would say most of most of it comes from, at this point, most of it comes from residuals from stuff I did when I was a kid. Fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, original animation is what, uh, and, and video games, I would say, are what actually like pays the bills. Mm-hmm. And then there's like anime stuff where it's like, this pays very low, but hey, if you book a big character and you can do convention appearances and mm-hmm. sell autographs, it, yeah. it all kind of... It, it's it's the typical actor income, right? Like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and piece it all, cobble it together, and now you've sure. got uh, some kind of an income. But yeah. Other than being born into the industry, what's the secret to your success? <laughs> Spite. Spite is the secret to my success, I Josh. I find that very I, common. Yeah. You know? No, I'm just, yeah. I'm like. It's a great I, motivator. <laughs> I'll show I was, you. Basically, <laughs> I'm going to be a though, big star yeah. someday. Kinda. I, yeah. you know, when I was a kid, I, um, I, I was, you know, I was the kid, so I would do mm-hmm. the kid voices, and I always wanted to do cartoon characters and play things that weren't mm-hmm. just the little kid and everything. And it was like I, I won't mention names, but um, one of the, the, the biggest known casting directors at the time, uh, had me in uh, their office. Um, and, um, and I was, I was trying to, uh, audition for a character that I was absolutely wrong for. They were completely right to say, you can't play that role. Yeah. It was like a 50 year old, like evil scientist on a cartoon show, something mm-hmm. way out of my range, but I really yeah. wanted to try anyway. Mm-hmm. And they were like, honey, um, why don't you try out for the little kid role instead? Okay. And I was yeah. just like, I am going to expand my vocal range so you. far yeah. that you're going to hire me. And I, yeah. the, the tragic thing is they never they actually kind of stopped working right when i started getting old enough to do other roles so well, i but you know what you're right that. to do that i did the same thing because i got sick of like uh, like a telemarketer would call and ask to speak to my mother and but, like i'd be like you know i own the house but you know because i used to sound like this i used to basically <laughs> ty was my normal voice pretty much until yeah. i trained it and took singing lessons and breathing lessons and learned to open up my range like that and obviously it's worked for you too, because I can tell from the body of work that you've done, of which I'm familiar, uh, you have tremendous range. Did you take certain training in order to do it or was it all mental? It's all mental. Um, yeah, it's, a lot of it is just, um, I, I call it vocal stretching, where it's just you push yourself to the highest pitch you can get and the lowest pitch you can get and just sort of stretch, get good at opening everything up and get good at contracting everything and so working those are, muscles in those two different directions. There are directions. exercises that you can do to do this. Actually, I've never even mentioned my online course that does this on this podcast because oh. this podcast is not about pitching the product. But for anybody that's listening that's interested, I have a 30-day program that's a voice training program at joshuaseth.com slash training, which it does that in a way that won't harm your vocal cords because the only caveat I would have is if you don't know what you're doing, vocal folds are very delicate and you could strain mm. them. But there are exercises, breathing and vocalization exercises that you can do that will expand your range, strengthen the tone of your voice and give you a lot more vocal capacity than we as Americans typically have because we tend to breathe in a more shallow than is necessary and speak from the chest up instead of using our entire frame to resonate the sound 
going out. Mm-hmm. But that's getting a little in the weeds there. <laughs> you, you were able to do it just on your own anyway, by virtue of your self-determination. <laughs> yeah. You just got to be careful not to strain yourself when you're doing that. And to lower it, actually, there are low larynx exercises that you can do, which are like yawning with a descending siren sound, like, oh, like that. That will help. Like if, if I want to audition for something, say, a promo or a commercial that needs to have some gravitas to it and some resonance, I would do that beforehand so I'm not so much in head tone and mm. can tap into as much resonance as my body is capable of generating. Of course, the frame has a lot to do with that. Everybody has limitations to their vocal capacity, but you can sort of maximize it with these breathing and vocalization techniques. All right, enough That's- of that, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, this has been a hot topic on Twitter lately, AI and how it's going to impact the Mm. role of voice actors. What's your take on it? My take on AI is I think that as it gets better, it does become more of a threat. But what I'm way more concerned about than computers taking my job is identity theft. Um, There are currently um, scammers right now. It's not some future problem right now who have figured out how to replicate people's voices and right. will reach out to their loved ones. Yes, pretending I read to that recently. Them. I read recently some some somebody's mother got a call that the daughter was kidnapped when she was actually on vacation because they yep. cloned her voice, and then she sent the money and found out that the daughter was perfectly fine. But it sounded she she asked to talk to her, and it sounded exactly like her. It's very nefarious. Yep. It, it really is. And that's, and that's just the tip of the iceberg because that's, you know, that's somebody going, okay, well, I found, you know, some voicemails. I hacked your phone. I found some voicemails mm-hmm. that you left somebody and I put it into this AI program and I made this clone of your voice. What about people like us? Boy, we're right. going to be at the front lines of that, right? Because it's like, oh, somebody went, hey, you know what? I found a whole bunch of episodes of the original Digimon series mm-hmm. with uh, Ty talking and there wasn't music underneath it. And mm-hmm. I took those samples and I put it all together. And now... I can be Joshua Seth, right? Yeah, or you, or, or say, make this character swear or say exactly, you know, say all kinds of terrible things, culturally insensitive things that you know I yep. I wouldn't want coming out of my mouth or out of the character's mouth. Yeah, that exactly. is absolutely already happening, and we're at the very dawn of this new AI age too. I mean, we're only really a few months into it, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's a bit frightening because we're kind of helpless to do anything about it, at least while there's a legal lag and there are no, there's no recourse, there are no legal remedies to it. Yeah, yeah, the privacy laws in this country are not really as good as they should be. Um, and that's what, cause I mean, like we well, can't- We all gave up privacy when we decided to have phones. We're that too. We have them with us, we're tracked all the time. There's all this yeah. outrage about TikTok. TikTok is gonna take your information and track you give me google a break already has happen- it. <laughs> exactly we already gave yeah. it to google we gave it to facebook we gave it to apple and android and it's yeah. it's happened for years and years all right yeah that that ship has sailed my friend mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah uh so okay so ai not so much about losing work to it necessarily as flat out identity theft because your voice is your essence as far as i'm concerned i mean that, it's it's i consider this it's a pro- It's a biological yeah. uh, 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 part of me. Like I mean, like I can't separate from that. I mean, there, there, are, yeah. there are verification programs that you'll use where it's like, say something so that we can verify mm-hmm. that it's really you. Well, yeah. that's biometric data, baby. That's that. That's it not. Is. That's like my vocal fingerprint. Like you can't. You know, just it's take like that. it's like it's like that scene in Blade Runner where, in order to get past the the biometrics eyeball scanning, they just take the guy's eyeball out. Yeah, use it. It's like they're just taking our vocal cords out and using yep. them. That's true. But unbeknownst to us, so yeah, more sneaky. Yeah. Oof. So on that happy note, uh, <laughs> what <laughs> advice? What advice do you have for people wanting to break into voice acting now? Um, I would say, boy, be, brace yourself, uh, because it is. It's become so much more of an industry uh, uh, of marketing than it ever used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, when I started doing this, nobody cared who the voice actors were. It was just we sort were not of, celebrities. That's true. No, not at all. You you showed up. You were some person. You went into a booth. You said some words, and then you nobody ever knew who you Actually, were. Actually, I'll go further and say I did some movies. Did you mind the movie being amongst them? Where I thought the studio would promote me and put me on talk shows, and they specifically said we don't want the kids to know that there are real people doing those voices and they promoted say the band instead. Now, mm -hmm. if it was Robin Williams as Aladdin, that would be an exception because he's already a sure. celebrity and putting butts in the seat, but they weren't gonna make celebrities out of the voice actors. And yeah. part of that is because they didn't have social media and YouTube and there was no way for us to create a following. Now mm -hmm. voice actors, there are voice actors out there with hundreds of thousands of followers and that and adds now you're value. To do that. Yeah, yeah, that has that adds value to the marketing efforts of the studios. Exactly. So how are you so doing you with gotta, that? You're really only on Twitter, aren't you? I'm really only on Twitter. I, I, you know, I, I'm not a photo guy. So Instagram for me is like I'm technically there. I have an account, but I basically you're, you're a fine it. looking fellow. You just uh, uh, not uh, not comfortable with. No, nah, I don't <laughs> like it. Ugh. Nah, yeah, no. ugh. yeah. I, I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm this guy. I'm not this guy. I gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's a whole thing now where it's like, like mm. you mentioned before. Let's let's I'm, I'm going to be a Twitch streamer and I'm going to be mm -hmm. on YouTube and I'm going to, yeah. you know, I have to turn this into a whole thing. Whereas yeah. before it was just you go into a booth, you record your lines, you play a character and then you just go home and you live your life and there's mm -hmm. nothing else. And and it's it's changed now. And so now and especially if you are a young person, you need to be so careful with what you do on the Internet. Because it's not like when I was a kid or when Joshua Seth was a kid where like our lives were not documented online Every single stupid thing that you ever say is going to be permanent and it's going to be attached yeah. to your name. So you got to be real careful. It's just well, that is oh. true. I mean, we all do stupid things throughout our lives, but it yeah. wasn't always documented. But there's a difference between yeah. between being a stupid teenager or, or, you know, whatever age you're at. There's a difference mm -hmm. between doing something dumb and being mean. And I would say, why yeah. not just not be a mean person in the first place? Like, nobody yeah. knows what. The other person's going through and i think especially on twitter where there's an opportunity to be anonymous uh people have created this environment where they think it's okay to just trash talk and say mean things and i mean why like yeah. why be hurtful it's not and as an actor as a performer uh, like we're all sensitive people because it's it's an emotive form of expression to act and perform mm -hmm. and so like you should know better as a result because you know what that feels yeah. like Hopefully, hopefully that's so that, the case. So that's yeah. your advice to uh, to aspiring voice actors is get on social media, get a following and don't do any dumb shit. I mean, basically though, yeah, is is remember you are, everything that you say can and will be used against you in the court of the internet. Uh, it's, it's just, well it's, said. it's scary out there. So just, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's. And like, like you just said, try to be a nice person. Because, I mean, it's at the end of the day, if you win a Twitter argument, you might feel really good for like a hot sticky second there. And then you'll you'll walk away from that feeling like, well, I, I, I made a made a bit of a jerk of myself online. And was it really worth it? Did I really gain anything from that? And at right. best, you feel good. At worst, people remember that. And then they they it comes back to bite you and it's terrible. So it's, you know, it's just you are you are not a private person when you become a voice actor now. You are a public figure. You might not be super famous, but you're just famous enough for it to matter for your own career and your own mental health. And you gotta be careful about that stuff. Wise words from Ben Diskin. And now it's time for the lightning round. Oh my God. It's Is sunny out, how's that happening? <laughs> it's, it's theater of the mind, you know. Oh. Radio drive. I have none. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Theater of the mind. Lightning round. Is there a role you've always wanted to play? Um, there was, which was Spider-Man, but specifically in a video game where I do my own motion capture because I thought it would be really fun to swing from like a, a giant trapeze and do all of his stunts. And then I realized, no, you need to actually be a stunt person to do that. You're going to get hurt. And now I'm 40, so I know I would get hurt. I'm at, I've just crossed that line where I'm like, no, nah, you got to take better care of yourself, man, or you're yeah. going to get really badly injured. Who is your favorite voice actor? I do not have one, but there are several that I, I deeply respect. 
uh, for their abilities. Uh, probably, I think, D. Bradley Baker, who's done mm-hmm. like every creature voice on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic talent. Uh, super, super cool guy, too. Uh, but basically just everybody I grew up with. What's a voice actor you'd love to work with? Joshua Seth. Great answer. And very (laughs) surprisingly common on this show. What? (laughs) What's your favorite voiceover role that you've done? Uh, It always changes. Um, uh, It would would probably be number one and number two from Codename Kids Next Door, but it always changes. What's a project you'd love to work on? Um, I would like to do... uh, Oh, okay. If they ever remade the Legacy of Kane video game series, I'd love to work on that. And that has been the lightning round. Woo-hoo. And now it's time to talk tech, but sexy. Hey, Ben. Hey. hey. Tell us about What's your voiceover booth. Oh, my voiceover booth? It's the size of a slightly roomy coffin. Uh, it is really, really small, and I, I schwitz in there like nobody's business. That means sweat for anybody who doesn't know what that means. An upright, uh, an upright coffin with a little Jewish yeah. cultural appropriation. That's right. Unless you are. Hey, I, are you a member of the tribe? I, oh, of right. course I am. Come on, Benjamin. <laughs> oh, oh, right. oh, that's true. Diskin. It was yeah. the Diskin that threw me. That's, that's yeah. actually oh, yeah. weirdly an Irish last name. It's somehow our family got stuck with it when they came over to the States. Um, but anyway, uh, oh, right. is, I have a... Uh, so uh, very sweaty coffin. Yep. And a yeah. decent uh, 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 USB audio interface. And What's your audio interface? We could use, I use, we could use SSL2. So do uh, I. So, oh, very nice. Yeah. I love it. And that. you got a Neumann? Is that what I was talking over before? Yes. Yeah, so and you got the U87. expensive one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Don't do that, kids. Just just get a TLM one hundred three if you if you need it. That's what I've got. Cause that's I'm smart. Cheap. Yeah. No, it's a and, good idea. Uh, what 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 DAW software do you use? I use Adobe Audition. So do I. And oh. I see that that recording booth is right next to your bed. Yep. Any any reason why? Uh, because uh, it's the only place in my home where I would fit. There's like, I have like a very small place, so there's like no room anywhere, but I just went, all right. And uh, unfortunately, He's it means the- has got tiny uh, quarters. I sure do. Teeny, tiny little home. And uh, yeah, all right. makes the commute really short. And that has been Tech Talk, but sexy. And now it's time for questions from the fans. So uh, let's head over to the social medias and see if you have fans. And you, you I have do. none. You have fans. Yes, look at look at that, look at that handsome devil there in that headshot, Ben Diskin. Oh. That's uh, you're telling me you don't like to be on camera and you got a headshot. What I wouldn't that give was, for a headshot like that. That was from 2009. I should probably oh. update that. <laughs> Never change it. Never change it. Okay, so. We're going on to the uh, the Facebook, and Irene okay. asks, have you seen the Digimon dub-, dub yet? How do you like playing Agumon? We didn't even talk about that. Welcome oh, right. to the digital world, my friend. Thank you. Always good to be here. Um, yeah, the, uh, I have not yet seen the dub. Um, it's only available right now on the Microsoft Store uh, for purchase, and so I have to actually like buy it before I can see it. What? So I still haven't I just They haven't won't send yet. you a copy? I mean, they want to no. <laughs> probably not. That's, that is actually pretty unusual. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, um, uh, I haven't gotten to see it yet. I do remember recording it and um, it, it was really fun. So I hope it turned out OK. Um, yeah. It's one of Why don't we do where, a moment uh, of uh, of Thai talks to Agumon? Sure. OK, that no sounds. problem. <laughs> Hi, Agumon. Hey, Thai. I'm sorry. This is what I sound like now. You know, you sound original. completely different. Very different. Yeah. You know, I is they, this Agumon um, in the multiverse? You're freaking me. I thought you would be like is... Pepper Breath. You're not doing that, huh? No. Now he's now he's what? he's weirdly calmer and lower. Agumon, have you been smoking cigars again? Listen, <laughs> we age differently here in the digital world. All right. I guess. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's been they, a hard um, few years, huh, Agumon? T- 
to me, like Tom is always going to be like the voice of that I hear for Agumon in my head. But they Tom wanted Fon, something. Tom friend was... of the show, scroll Heck back yeah. and hear one of the funniest episodes with Tom and Dorothy Fawn. One of the first episodes. Yeah. Nice. So you didn't you didn't try to do your version of Tom Fawn. Obviously, you did your own thing. I auditioned for uh, with with the Tom Fawn with my Tom Fawn impression, which is I, I'm not a voice match guy at all, and the, mm-hmm. my impressions are all garbage. But it's like at least like along the same lines of that, like Ty. Very mm-hmm. smooth and sounding like this. You and, could um, do it, but they didn't want it. Yeah, they huh? were like, no, nah, they didn't want it. They wanted something a little closer to Chika Sakamoto, the uh, the Japanese version, mm. which is more lizard-like and reptilian and scratchy. So I was like, all right, but it can't sound like Shoutmon from Digimon Fusion, who's higher pitched and more energetic. And so sounds like... It. Shoutmon sounds like this. He's super loud and really energetic at all times. <laughs> Shoutmon and, uh, Digivolve into new Agumon. Yeah, so now it's sort of like Shoutmon just kind of, you know, he kind of chilled out and got a little older, and he's just a little bit more relaxed. It's a, it's a different sound. Very <laughs> much so. And and we yeah. get a little window into the world of Ben Diskin at, say, uh, when you're an octogenarian. Perhaps you'll sound like that. Maybe, so, yeah. While you, while you send back soup for the second time at Jerry's Deli. <laughs> Dude, send back soup as the voice of Agamon. Listen... I, I asked for alphabet soup, okay? All I see, though, are the little O's, right? It just says, ooh, but I guess it's SpaghettiOs. I don't know what this is. Send it yeah. back. It's garbage. Well, but that's literally soup. <laughs> back to questions from the fans. Sure. Uh, has, has, DC Valdez asks, has there ever been a part you lost out on and thought, man, I would have done it way better? Uh, that's a politically incorrect to... question there. Well, I know I, I get I, I get what they're asking, but like mm-hmm. no, I very rarely do I have that. Usually, I'll I'll hear whoever gets the role, and I'll go, oh, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's that's different than what I was doing, and that works really well. And, mm-hmm. and you know, typically I know a lot of these people. And I'm just happy for my friends getting work. So oh, it's what a it's, it's just not. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew asks, do you find it funny when people compare num- number one and young Joseph and Joestar together on the YouTube comments? Um, I always think it's weird because uh, people say it's the same voice. It's actually two different voices. Um, Joseph Joestar is an adult with a British accent because I'm not good with accents. Uh, and number one was my voice as a teenager with a British accent. Uh, so like people are like, it's the same thing. I'm like, no, it's, they're actually kind of far apart, but um, I, it doesn't, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of used to it at this point. It's just like, yeah, yes. it's Ben with a British accent. Cool. <laughs> doesn't phase you. Aaron yeah. asks, which Disney heroine would you want cute mon partnered with Alice in Wonderland or boo? Boo. Who's boo. That sounds so, f- Oh, Oh, is that from monsters Inc? That's probably from monsters Inc. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid. I would. Yeah, I would see. Yeah, I would actually see probably Boo from Monsters Inc. Because it's because because Boo is a little girl uh, who's very you know innocent as a small child, and Cute Mon is you know this very innocent little bunny Digimon. Uh, so I would say yeah, I would say probably. I think I think like that would be a good, 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 a good, good matchup. Yeah. Moving over to Instagram where you have an account that you haven't posted on in years. I think the last Uh, thing I posted was like a picture of me touching a door at some event. I don't even remember what that was. You have it, then people follow you. So uh, Rerich Anva perhaps asks, ask him, ask about favorite funny moments in the booth when recording. You know, I never know how to answer this. It's always um, uh, something that was really funny in the moment, and without context, it makes no sense. So it's uh, and also yes. like I don't know how Skip I don't know how dirty I could get on this. You know, yes. but like uh, yeah, you know, usually kids grow up fast these days. Here's here's an in, here's an in, oh. wrong button. Um, here's an interesting one from Mitsuki Moons. Ask him about Miraculous Ladybug series and why he left his roles. He was good being Nino and Max in the beginning of the series. What happened? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, um, basically, uh, so when I originally auditioned for that series, um, it was just text on a page. And there was no image of any of the characters. Uh, so one of the characters I tried out for was a cool music DJ. Another one was a nerdy gamer. So I did a 
cool, like kind of chill, kind of relaxed kind of voice for like the DJ. And for That's the nerdy voice. gamer, it was much more, thank you very much. Oh, yes, it was very, I, I talked very quickly and I would sound like this. Yeah. Um, and then when I actually got there, the animation was not fully complete. We were uh, dubbing to like an incomplete picture. And I was going, I don't, I don't know, but I think these two characters might be black characters. I'm not really oh. sure, but I did them. And I was like, I, I, you know, this this show probably doesn't have legs. It's it's one of the many, you know, CG animated shows that come we're, out. We're talking about Miraculous it. Ladybug when it began. And you yeah, had no idea. But it began. Yeah. I had no idea. So then the do. show blew you know, up. You never know what's really going popular. to happen at the beginning. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it became really popular. And mm -hmm. I, I found myself feeling more and more uncomfortable playing two black characters, which it yeah. absolutely was. And I was like, gosh, I don't feel right about this. It just kept gnawing at me and eating away at me. And finally, I just said, you know, I... Uh, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I, I asked to, for them to recast uh, those roles. They went to yeah, Zena I, Robinson, the great, great dude. Yeah. And so that's, that's what happened. And the voice so, of there's, Ty there's and, no the new, and the new uh, Digimon, they end up, end up working together on a different exactly. show. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And, and for the record, I would do the exact same thing. I interviewed Jameson Price about this mm. and Bo Billingsley sure. and Stephanie Shea. The three of them were on the episode of this podcast about diversity in voiceovers. Mm. And, on the one hand, Bo Billingsley made an excellent point that if you only, his point was one of the great things about being a voice actor is that you can play any part and you won't get typecast as the way that you look, which is a big reason I went into voice acting because I'm not a big guy. I present bigger on camera than I actually am in real life. And I have a, a certain energy to me, you know, when I speak, but it doesn't match my physical frame. And so I would never go out for those kind of roles as an on-camera actor. And so it was very freeing to be able to do voiceovers. But to Bo Billingsley's point, he said, you know, he wouldn't have had a career if all he could play were persons of color because exactly. there weren't any back when he started. They weren't being drawn that yeah. way. Yeah. And, yeah, but on the diversity. other hand, yeah, on the other hand, yeah. there, there need to be opportunities uh, for people of diverse backgrounds. It's it's sure it's I complicated. See both, I see both points, really, but for me personally, yeah. I wouldn't want to play a person of color and take that role away from someone else. Like I would do the same. Yeah. Issue. It's, 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 you know, I, the diversity issue is, is so much more complicated than Twitter would make it seem. It really uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's cause I mean, like there's, I mean, I, I won't name names, but there, uh, someone who was of the, uh, Asian persuasion, shall we say privately said to me, Hey man, I appreciate the efforts, but like, I didn't get into this industry just to play people named Ling. This isn't fair. I want to that, play more than the, just- That's the other side you know. of it too, is are they now going to yeah. get typecast as only being able to play- Exactly. What they look the like. People sure. that they look like, which kind of defeats the purpose of being a voice actor versus an on-camera actor. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. this is all going to shake out. Here's what I think though, with most social movements, this being one, is that- there's a lot of inequity initially, and then the pendulum swings really far, really fast, which yep. has happened. And then mm -hmm. things get worked out over time. And yeah, some sort of compromise that nobody's happy with, but works out okay for everybody, ends up becoming the norm. And we're just not there That's yet. And I don't know what that'll yeah. even look like. And we're two uh, white guys of a certain age talking about this, so we should probably move on. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, people are just saying this isn't this is not a question, Michael Crandall. Codename KND Battle Stations. That's your catchphrase, right? Sure. <laughs> isn't the yeah, codename Battle Stations yeah. what you shout? Yeah, it's we just yell kids next door battle stations, and I have neighbors, so I won't be doing that on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm not in my booth. No, but I'm not yeah, got headphones in my ears here, so thank you. You're yes. welcome. Uh, uh, all right, Let, you know what? Let's move on from Instagram to your favorite, Twitter. So, Let's, the favorite is in quotes. <laughs> yes, your, your, your preferred social media platform sure. to, on which to interact. So here we go. We've got Abdullah Khan asks if you've met Tom Fawn. Uh, no. And he thinks it's the hardest uh, Digimon voiceover role. Um, I have not. I have not met Tom before. In fact, I actually don't even know what Tom looks like. I would have to like look up. I'd have to look up the interview with Joshua Seth. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I've I've never met the guy. Um, and probably the hardest Digimon voice for me to maintain is Cutemon because it's basically me with my throat doing this. It's really it's constricted. 
Yeah. Yes, because it's doing um, this for the listeners of the yeah. audio podcast. He's making a fist and squeezing it. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really Radio just drama. compressing the bejesus out of my own throat to sound like this that sounds like on the the old show that uh howie mandel did bobby that's what it was bobby's yeah it's hard to sustain that for a long period the gizmo voice the bubble voice yeah but the ladies love it am i right oh boy yeah my wife really loves that (laughs) (laughs) you know what time it is It's time for some more helium. Uh, Mr. Uh, K asks, would you be on board to reprise your role as number one if the Kids Next Door sequel spinoff got greenlighted? That's always that's – that's my like my favorite question when people are like, would you come back? Like, I'm a working actor. Of course of I'd course. come back. Yeah. If they would let me come back and do my role again, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. Show. Uh, yeah. Of course. Uh, Showtime on the Grand Horizon asks, "What's the m- most funny, unconventional role uh, that you've taken on?" Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Well, I just did it. That, it's Cute Mon mm-hmm. from Digimon Fusion, and who who comes? It's not the same Cute Mon technically, but he's in the the uh, um, uh, Digimon Adventure 2020 reboot, and so I'm talking to myself as Cute Mon and Agumon back and forth. Uh, yeah. But yeah. That's because I don't normally. That was a that was a voice I developed specifically for Cute Mon because I watched the original series of Digimon Cross Wars. That's what uh, Fusion was called in Japan. Um, in uh, Japanese, and I was like, for some reason, I want to play that character. I don't know why, but I wanted to. And it and, happened. Uh, yeah, and you, it happened. you visualized it and you manifested it. That's right. And by that, I mean, I basically yeah. kind of annoyed everybody at Studio Opus going, "Can I just play this?" And they're I'll like, "Fine." <laughs> Oh, God, this guy. Just play it. It's fine. Now, do you do original animation at Studiopolis as well as dubbing? Because that's that's very rare to to cross over, at least with the same company. Yeah, yeah. I, I've done uh, – because they, they would do some of the Marvel animated series over there. So we did uh, a show called Hulk and the Agents of Smash, which was based on the Incredible Hulk. And we also did uh, Ultimate Spider-Man there. Uh, and I was various characters on that as well. So, like, yeah, I would kind of – Sometimes which, I'd be in the wait, big room. Which Spider-Man were you the, the Spider-Man on? Let's see. Oh, boy. Okay, I was Spider-Man. You were in, in... multiple Spider-Mans, that means. Uh, yeah. Uh, you were I Venom was, as was... well. Venom was um, a spectacular you Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so and then you know Ultimate Spider-Man. Own resume. Blood Spider in that, I think. So it was various forms of Spider-Man. And, oh, and Spider-Ham, mm-hmm. the, uh, the cartoon pig version. Oh. Um, Wait, did you and do that just, in the animated yeah. movie? Uh-oh. No, no, no. That's, no, well, that's no, 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 because Mulaney. that was John Mulaney. That's right. Yeah. 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 That was the like the best character. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, here's almost like a follow-up on that previous question. Okay. Tuxedo Mask asks, what unconventional ways have you found to make different voices? Um, you know, I, I sort of view my voice like um, a long tunnel with several caves. Uh, just kind of attached to it. And it's like you sort of dig out like a little tiny crevice where you you figure out, okay, this type of voice rests here. And then you can bring in furniture from different locations and furnish it. And that's a new character. So usually- it's an interesting um, way of looking at it. Yeah, I, I, it's it's like like some some characters, they're gonna have like a natural texture to them. So like, this is the cave that it that it resides in. But if it's like a friendly character, you bring you bring in some of like a, a more positive personality and more energy to it. Uh, and if it's a, a more downtrodden character, you you lower the the pace and you bring it down. But it's um, it's it's about finding where the character lives physically. And then just sort of building it out from there until you feel like you've created a character space. You totally created that. Like that's your own design. I will say it does remind me of the way that orators back thousands of years ago learned their speeches in the times of the ancient Greeks and Romans. There was something called a peg system where they would imagine the speech living in different rooms of a house. And as they walk through the house, they would visualize that that segment of their oratory okay. as being in that room, which sounds very similar to what you're doing. Cool. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you, uh, you are a reincarnated uh, Roman senator from thousands of years ago. <laughs> Oof. Yes. We'll get, get into that on someone else's podcast. Okay. And we, we will we'll wrap up this section with W.R. Miller's question. What motivates you as an actor and staying an actor? 
Um, let's see. Uh, I already talked about spite. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's, uh, the serious answer to that question is um, I just, I love being a creative person, but I can't draw. My writing skills are so-so. Um, but like I, I do enjoy, I just enjoy the aspect of performing and, you know, sometimes I, I had two auditions that were due today, both of them for good paying projects with casting directors. I like couldn't mentally figure out what I wanted to do with any of the characters. And I wound up going, you know, I think I'd rather just do Josh's podcast and, uh, just uh, I, I can't I can't I can't get my brain around it, and I had to pass on both of them. Um, you, because you can't do them later on today. Now that you're all warmed up from doing this interview, no, one of them was due uh, oh. an hour ago. Oh, and then the other one, I might not be eligible. It's like one of those things. If you've already played a character in this, uh, you probably shouldn't audition. Yeah. So I'm like, I yeah. kind of have. Ugh. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, there are times where I just you know I I don't feel it, and I I, I try to force it out, and it doesn't work. Um, so for me, it's just about getting into the right mindset where you feel the creative juices flowing. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it, you know, it happens to all of us. Uh, it just doesn't, it just, <laughs> pardon the gross term, uh, you're creatively flaccid if you catch my drift. And uh, mm -hmm. there are, what there is mean? no creativity Viagra. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> yeah, inspiration doesn't always strike, but I found you can't, you can't wait for inspiration. Like there's has mm -hmm. to be an element of self-discipline because what you're describing, the, the, hesitation to go in the booth or lay down a track or come up with something like that's just like a hesitation to go to the gym like you just got to force yourself mm -hmm. to do it and then afterwards you'll probably feel good about the fact that you did and you never know what's going to come out but if you don't have this self-discipline to force yourself to do it eventually you're going to end up doing something else so yeah. uh, what would that other thing be what would the other thing be yeah in if you terms move on of... from voice acting at some point if you oh, find, oh, if too many days oh. in a row go by and you find that you just don't feel it, you know, going into the booth, what would it be? Wow. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what I would do. I, I don't think that's going to happen with Would me. you volunteer for Greenpeace? Yeah. Would you build houses like Jimmy Carter? Would you teach? I, would you become yeah. a professional poker player and spend all of the wealth that you've accumulated over a lifetime in the business in one long ill-advised night at the Commerce Casino? Definitely not do? that last one. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I had my stint when I would gamble in Vegas and never again, yeah. I'm done never with again. that. What was your game? Uh, but oh, it was um, Baccarat and uh, Blackjack. Oh, oh my um, gosh. Wow. Very yeah. uh, uh, high end stuff. Like a, like a yeah. you're, you're James, James Bond or something there in a t-shirt. Yeah. James Bond. If he yeah. had no, uh, no, no common sense. And uh, yes. I, I learned, I learned a lot of valuable lessons about managing money from that and going, yeah, That's like not, not to gamble. Good, was that before yeah, you were married? Gamble. Yes. Okay, good, yeah. good. I'm glad. I'm happy for your wife that you figured yes, that out. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and, no, yeah. And that has been questions from the fans. Woo! Thanks, fans. <laughs> that was. I will say that was a lot of questions. Like some people don't have as many questions either. They're fans. Uh, they don't have as many fans, or their fans aren't as curious. Perhaps you are an enigma because you don't Woo! do too many cons. What did you just do with your eyes? Oh God! Oh, How did this? you do yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, that's my doing? special party trick. That's yeah. what? How do you do that? Your eye is going to get stuck like that someday, young that's man. That's what my mother used to tell <laughs> yes. me. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, well, guess what? In every picture, mom, that's what you get. You can do it with both eyes. Can you do <laughs> yeah. it back and forth like you're playing ping pong oh, with like your that's, eyeballs? That's a, that's oh, you're hurting my One brain. One time, I managed to do this, and no, like, don't never don't again. No. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Test pattern. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages <laughs> breaking my brain um, that's scary <laughs> you know what the one thing is that, that i didn't ask you about uh the emmy the emmy where is the oh. emmy why is it not display why are you not holding it in your hand during the interview and just gently oh, caressing it and <laughs> uh dude you know resting your head I on it using it as a as a, a rest for your coffee mug you know i would just have it with me all the time so, not 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 referring to it, you know, but just sort of right. with you, like a little buddy. Everybody who like knows me knows me knows that like I don't. I'm not. I'm not the guy who goes around bragging about any accomplishments or anything. I'm constantly shit talking myself. Um, but so everybody's idea was when I won that thing, it was for Muppet Babies uh, for Disney Junior. Um, 
they they started going, oh, well, here he is, the big Emmy winner. And I'm like, I'm not talking about this. I don't have it anywhere. Like, it's, the it's fact in another that you're not room. talking about it makes us want to talk about it more, you realize. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. And so mm-hmm. that just makes things even worse. And so then I was like, all right, fine. I'll talk about it more. And then people were like, oh, <laughs> look at me. And I'm like, damn it. I can't win. You cannot uh, win. Except that you no. did win. So congratulations. Ah, thanks. <laughs> Can we hear your speech, your Emmy speech now? Uh, oh, my Emmy speech? Uh, I right, don't yeah. even remember what I said. I quickly memorized the names of everybody I could think of working on that show and yeah. just diary of the mouth Word it all poured mouth. out. Yeah. No idea what it was. I was like, thank you very much. To... Goodbye. And then I ran off the stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, uh, congratulations on uh, such a, a momentous accomplishment. Well, thank you. And now it's now, time for good. Break the NDA. Okay. What are you working on now? I can't talk about it because I'm under NDA. <laughs> and that has been Break the NDA. Hey. Nobody, I'm, just, I'm hoping somebody just forgets. And just <laughs> well, well, where can people find you? What cons do you have coming up? I know you're pretty much on Twitter. And for anybody that's listening, just scroll down in the app and you can find Ben's Twitter link in there. But physically, where can we find you at? What conferences and conventions? Oh, let's see. Okay, I am going to be doing Acon in Dallas, um, uh, Delta HCon, which is in Houston, and I'm going to be going to ICON in Canada. Uh, uh, I think that's Winnipeg, I believe. And uh, uh, Winnipeg is Colossal in Canada. Con? Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, ColossalCon. That's a good one. I did that years Colossal ago. ColossalCon is yeah, that's a sick con. But uh, yeah. very cool. Hey, it's been wonderful to get to know you better, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ben Diskin. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast and want to support it, the best way you can do that is to subscribe, give it a five-star rating and review, and share it with a friend. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.